What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I hate average podcast. Back with another week, another episode. Last week we had a lot of fun. We had a great guest. We had Amadeus motivating us and propelling us to continue our goals and and no matter what the circumstances they just push through and also when naming businesses and projects kind of speak things into existence and naming what you want it to be uh of course he named his company platinum boy records and he ended up making a lot of platinum records for various artists and just uh his positivity and, and his spirit very very contagious and motivating i appreciate amadeus for that episode it was a lot of fun this week we have another great guest we got glamazon tayomi you guys of course you know probably know from social media um snapchat and instagram she's very very uh active on there also twitter but uh <coughs> she gives i apologize for that but uh she gives a lot of advice with uh relationships not advice but um she educates on various topics on uh relationships uh, and uh sex um i know you guys probably this is like a third sex <laughs> sex educator um i just find these things interesting i like speaking with people who have um just a different different points of view different type of occupations um I could, of course i could speak with doctors and i could speak with uh because those who sell you know fashion entrepreneurs and things of that nature but i like to speak with people who have a different take on life uh, which is why i started the podcast and um this she's definitely someone who caught my interest from some of the, some of her information some of the things that she studied as far as relationships so we had a very very in-depth conversation on relationships the nature of relationships um why we conform to certain relationships so very very valuable and uh informative conversation to have with tayomi but before that i got a major 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 announcement finally got my first event going cinco de mayo is gonna be may 5th man i'm really excited hope you guys can really make it get your tickets you can go on eventbrite search i hate average podcast you can go on my facebook page i hate average podcast buy tickets there you can click the link in my instagram i hate average podcast everywhere just go search it get there it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be a little bit different we're not having a live podcast we're not gonna be networking we're gonna just have fun it's gonna be a spades night so we're gonna have fun play cards have some drinks open bar um where the bar is gonna be tequila because of the occasion cinco de mayo so if you want other things of course it's byob um but it's gonna be a lot of it a lot of fun i hope you guys can make it cinco de mayo may 5th go get those tickets on eventbrite all right so here's the interview with me and tayomi occasional snapchats uh also on youtube uh just everywhere just sharing free love and uh information on sex education and, and and lifestyle and things of that nature so how did everything get started to him how did everything get started well i um before i started in sex education i was modeling primarily in chicago and you know, like traveling and stuff and my career took a shift and my father actually 
suggested that I use my natural gift for writing instead of just, you know, sitting on it. And so I took his advice and decided to start a blog. And I started going through my mind, thinking about things that I enjoy talking about and that I could wake up every day and, you know, write about. And sex came to mind. So at the time, let me see, I was 22 when I started the blog, and I'm 30 now. So at that time, it was like 2009, 2010, I didn't really see any women, especially young black women like my age that I could relate to who were talking about sex in a way that was informed. And, you know, I wasn't ratchet. So I started doing research, and I didn't find anybody. And I was like, you know what, this is a problem. You know, white people have tons of sex experts and people they can relate to, but we don't have anybody. So I said, you know what, I'll be the representation. I'll I'll kick it off. And so then I started my blog, GlamorErotica101.com in 2011. Quit my job that I had at the time, didn't look back, and things just started taking off. And I started my YouTube channel a few months later as an experiment because I knew people, you know, became popular from YouTube. Yeah. And then um, one thing led to another, and, like, the videos started getting, like, hundreds and thousands of views and then a million views, and I was like, oh, (laughs) this thing's really taking off. Like, you know, I had – I didn't have any expectation, but I had a goal in mind, and my goal was to just help people around the world connect better with themselves and connect better in their relationships. And so now it's going on seven years later and Uh I'm doing that. And it's like, I'm really happy that I listened to my father's advice and started actually using my writing because now I'm living the life of my dreams, to be honest. Wow. That's that's a great story because a lot of uh, the guests that we have, um, they kind of, some of the paths that they take, they kind of go against the grain, like their family and their lives kind of want them to stick to the nine to five lifestyle. And the fact that your father kind of pushed you into being creative, that's very, very interesting and powerful. Yeah, I've always been a creative person. I mean, growing up, um, my parents, like anything that I was into, they supported it. Like I've had several art kits, you know, colored pencils, markers, art books, sewing machine, pianos, like I've, I have so many different talents that I'm, I've been interested in or that I've been good at or I'm rusty at now, but, just, you know, just got to pick it back up. Mm-hmm. But my parents have always been supportive of my creativeness and um, my, my creativity and so has my, my family in general, like my mom's sister, she was a writer as well, and she was a really big influence on me. I mean, growing up, she was the only person that I ever knew, like, like in real life, that was an author. You know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up reading books, and the written word has always been very appealing to me. And so she was like my personal superhero, mm-hmm. you know, being a black woman who had published her own book. And she self-published in the 90s. So yeah, that was you already know, like, back then in the 90s, like, computers weren't that popping yet. Yeah. And self-publishing, it was almost like, how do you do that, you know? That's but true, she yeah. did it. And um, without so... Google, without Google, she did it. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's crazy about Google? It, this is so fucked up. 
I remember the day my mom and my aunt were talking about Google and like their stocks and those stocks were like a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and they were sitting there like going back and forth about if they should buy stock and they didn't. And I'm like, God. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if they would have brought stock in Google uh, back then, we would have been banking right now. Like, but we wouldn't have this information. We wouldn't. <laughs> man, like, we would have been good. I mean, we're good now, but yeah. I mean, we would have been even better with of that course. stock list, you know. <laughs> and then that's the thing, it's like, you have to have vision. You have to, like, realize that everything starts from somewhere. You know, every flower, every plant starts from a seed. And then it grows to be this this beautiful thing, you know, especially a tree. Like, it, it, it goes from an acorn to then, like, a 30-foot freaking pine tree or whatever yeah. that is standing so tall over you. And you're like, wow, all of that power came from this little seed. Yeah. So... With for people who have dreams and people who they they sit and they dream while they're at their desk or their nine to five or whatever about the life they truly want, you have to remember that all the power is already in you True. to do it. True. I remember I I was literally like sitting at this job doing this job only to appease my mother. It wasn't even my father. My father was just like you know you got to do what you got to do to get to where you want to be or whatever. But my mom was the one like you know gotta have a job you're gonna be living here <laughs> da, 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 da. and i was yeah. like man whatever because see i was a partier back then like okay in the clubs and stuff but i would be sitting at my desk like once i started my blog just like on my blog yeah. and on social media and one day i was like what am i doing like i'm not even doing work like my boss is sitting here vouching for me every freaking month because I'm not making sales. He's just throwing <laughs> me sales so I can stay here. Yeah. You know, shouts out to being cute because, you know, <laughs> like. He wanted something to look at. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like my desk was like right by his desk, yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> and, um, but see, I was smart because if people would say they were leaving the job, like in the middle of the week, and they were going to work until Friday. They would just tell them to go home that day. I was like, I'm just going to quit on Friday so I can get this last little check. Yeah, I was smart. And then I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. So I was like, once I leave this job, this 9 to 5, I'm never going back to a 9 to 5. I don't care what I need to do to, you know, pay my bills and, you know, make ends meet and stuff. But I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm only going to do what I want to do right. to make money and i hustled like i'm from chicago chicago yeah. is a city of hustlers <laughs> so we do what we gotta do to get by right. and i just use the talents that i have you know writing acting modeling and it worked and so to now see like to actually make or receive money for the the knowledge that i have and the, and the the gift that I have of healing, because I'm a healer, you know, yeah. that, that means a lot to me. And to know that I took a chance on myself and believed in myself, you know, that, that's the most important part. So for anyone listening to this podcast, if you have a dream, you have to like believe in yourself enough to invest in yourself and investing in yourself isn't just about like, money it's about investing the time and energy into studying and researching and networking and then like taking those risks that other people may look at and say 
oh, that's stupid, that's dumb, why would you do that? You got to ignore those people. True. But, but I got to be honest. When I first started doing this work, my mom was not with it. <laughs> she, yeah. Her whole thing was just don't do porn, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when I started, like, doing videos, and my videos are PG-13, like, yeah. you know, I'm wearing clothes and stuff. But yeah. when I first started doing the videos, she was just like, why do you have to be in the videos? Like, just, how come She didn't you even want you talking about it. She didn't even... <laughs> She was cool with me talking about it, you know, but she wasn't cool with, like, me getting into sex positions oh, and, okay. you know, yeah. demonstrating. Because, like, on my YouTube channel, I teach people how to get into different positions or I, or I show them how to do different, like, techniques and stuff. Uh -huh. So she was just like, why don't you have to be in the videos? How come you can't get somebody else? And here I am just starting out my blog. I'm like, I don't have a budget for that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and what's interesting is that even if you, like, find girls who will take sexy photos if you same. ask yeah. it's yeah it's really not the same if you ask them to get on camera and bend over in doggy style with a male model yeah. or even with a female model they feel some type of way and they don't want to do it yeah and it's not going to be like the, the kind of technical position that you really want to show anyway because they're not they don't know what you're really thinking they can't <laughs> express your thoughts so yeah and you don't want to be like trying to direct them to do something and like the energy isn't there and yeah. it's showing across on screen and plus i was like i'm i'm working on a very limited budget here i don't have the time or the energy or the finances to try to invest in someone else so i'll just do it you know True. whatever and it worked for me you know my mentors told me when I first started this, because I was just going to be anonymous, right, and not even put my image out there in association with this stuff. Yeah. But my mentors were like, your image is powerful, and you need to use it. So put your picture on your blog. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's what works. Uh, that's actually kind of what drew me to your content. Uh, this, Like you said, it's different um, seeing uh, this I think I seen you on Twitter or Instagram, one of those. I just seen you basically talking about sex, and it's very strange to see a, a black woman just openly. Now you see it more common, but I think I started following you like a year or two ago, and mm -hmm. you just was like plainly talking about it, and it wasn't like in a raunchy way. It was very informative. But I just thought it was interesting, so then I just kept on following you and seeing more things. And then uh, I followed you on Snapchat, and you was, you kind of had like themes. You had like the the match mix letting uh, your followers, you know, kind of promote themselves. That was cool too. And so that, that's what kind of made me follow. Just because you had your image up, because I was able to see that you was a, uh, you know, a black woman, <laughs> it kind of mm -hmm. you know drew me to your content. I think that's what draws a lot of people to your content. And you know, that's the whole point of, of why I use myself because like. When you when you look around into anything like sensual or erotic, even if you just go into a Google search, right? So if, even if you Google relationship, what do you see? You see white people all happy and shit True. in relationships. True. Um, and then when it comes to sexuality, you really don't see positive and beautiful representations of black people. Yeah. So I was like, you know, especially with, with the black woman, like, 
our sexuality is seen as threatening mm. to everyone not black <laughs> even True. to black people too who got this whole self-hatred thing going on you know yeah. but i was like i know that this is a market that is being underserved and so if i can be the representation for this underserved market then cool and then too being a woman that's not like you know shout out to my skinny girls but i'm not a skinny girl i'm not a a thin woman i never have been and i'm like you know when we do see black women depicted in sensuality or sensually she's never like a super thick woman and that makes a lot of black women who have curvier bodies that aren't a size like four or six but are you know 12 14 it makes them feel like they're not sexy so I have a lot of women who follow me that are thicker bodied and they're like, you've helped me gain so much confidence. And then to like receive letters, not just from like black women, but Indian women, Saudi Arabian women, women in, in different countries in Africa and just like black and brown women all around the world writing me saying, you helped me feel so much more confident in myself. That that's like basically the goal achieved yeah. in reaching these women and helping them feel better about themselves. So yeah. it's, it's all worth it. True, definitely. Um, and of course, it's a lot of work that you put into it. You've been doing it for uh, almost eight years. And uh, I'm glad to see that that globally that people are reaching out to you because I thought it was just around the States, but I'm glad to see that Mm-mm. People are reaching out to you globally. I'm heading out to Europe uh, next month. We're going to London. We're teaching. We're going to Paris and teaching. Wow. And, um, you know, I mean, the letters that I get from, like, I got a letter from Japan a few days ago, and I just thought that was so dope. Like, I responded to this girl in Japanese because I wanted her to understand exactly what I was saying. Yeah. But to know that I have, like, literally people in every corner of the earth, even in places I've never heard of, you know. <laughs> I'm like, wow, the power of YouTube <laughs> and the it's power true. of the Internet. Like, it's it's a beautiful thing. And it's interesting because people don't even – it's like people only see what they see. Yeah. So the average person who may just be finding out about me or they come across me, they might not even know about all the stuff that I've done over the last seven years. Like my, my work is published all over the internet. I've been quoted in so many articles from Huffington Post to askmen.com, BET.com. Been on world star quite a few times with videos, videos that I've made have gone viral several times, done comedy central, so many things right. that I've done, and it's like I have a very long, a very lengthy resume. Um, and if you look at my followers on like so diverse, social yeah. media and stuff, yeah, it's a, divi- a diverse following, and it's a, a pretty hefty following. Yeah. And there are millions of people looking at the things that I'm tweeting or posting online every single month. So my reach is far. 
And I didn't get here overnight and I didn't get to this space by just like, you know, posting every now and then. When I first started, I was like posting every single day to my blog site, waking up, not making money either. Just posting exactly and having tenacity. And but there's a lot that I've had to overcome and a lot that I've had to um I guess you can say defend myself against when it comes to the public and then also these social media platforms, you know, it's, I get people all the time who hit me up and they're like, I want to do what you're doing. I want to be where you are. I want to be like you. But I'm like, it's not you easy. know, <laughs> right. I'm like, I appreciate that you're saying that. And I don't know if you have the tenacity because yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So do you, with, because uh, people, their mindset um, when it comes to sexuality, even though you're just educating people, uh, do you get negative feedback or, or is most of it is positive stuff? Do you get like pe- women saying, oh, like your mother said, why do you got to be in the videos? Why are you in those positions? You could just explain it. Do you, do you get negative feedback sometimes? I'm going to say that, you know, yeah, I do get people who troll me. I okay. guess all I consider them to be are trolls. But I receive, I would say, 99.8% of the feedback I get is positive. Uh-huh. But then you have those people who really just aren't comfortable with themselves. True. And so then they come and try to attack me in whatever way. I just block them. You That's know, smart. I don't. That's smart. So you don't got to engage. <laughs> nope. Because, I mean, this is how I look at social media. If, if this is my page, then you're coming into my community. Sure. And why would I sit here and even waste a fraction of my time arguing with you or giving you my energy? Because all they really want is attention. Yeah, this is why they directly speak to you and they say nasty things because they want you to respond. Yeah. So if you just ignore them and you block them so they don't see what you're doing then you don't give them any power um but yeah it's mainly been like you know sometimes it'll be women who i don't know if they're christian or whatever but (laughs) saying things like you shouldn't be showing your body i'm like girl i block you know (laughs) or some dude mad about whatever like i just block people i don't even have to get like it's what's like a negative comment that a man would make. I can't picture that. I can't picture a, a guy being offended by the, the men. Comment. But men say stuff like that too. Oh, you should respect yourself more. You shouldn't be showing your body. I'm like, my man, who are you? Like, <laughs> who the fuck are you? To be trying to tell me a woman what to do with my yeah. body? Like, get blocked. <laughs> I had um some guy tell me that I can't talk about God because I'm. Of sex, like because of what I do for a living, he got blocked, and I made a video last week about that and put that on Twitter because I'm like, <laughs> I'm a reflection of God. I am God in flesh, so how yeah. can you tell me I don't have the right to speak about myself? Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Then, um, I've had uh, back and forth discussions with like African men who or doctors or whatever trying to tell me uh, why circumcision is beneficial. And I'm like, my man, it's really not. Like, 
it's a part of the male body that's supposed to be there and you're cutting it off for all of these uh alleged reasons (laughs) and really you're attacking male bodies like you know so i'll get into little discussions or riffs with people like that but and back in the day i used to respond to everybody but in recent years i just stopped because i'm like all they want is attention and is no point in me going back and forth with you. I'm only here to extend love and to extend knowledge to people. I'm not here to go back and forth with people about their opinions. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So the main reason I I, I seen I think a couple of months ago I think uh, interview or I think you was you just made a video on Snapchat talking about um, relationships and of course you you were married I think last year or. Was it last year or this year? I just had my ceremony this year, but I got married last year. Okay, okay. So you you corrected me before the interview. You're not you're not uh, polygamous or you don't practice polyamory. But I, you was you was you was kind of talking very intensive about um, that lifestyle. So can you kind of describe what um, I guess an open relationship or what? Uh, polygamy is or polyamory so polyamory and polygamy are forms of open relationships and open relationships just by definition is one where it's you know open open boundaries you know it's not monogamous so there are multiple people who are involved in your relationship in some type of way but this is what I find interesting, because like I said, I wrote an article for CassiusLife.com about my husband and I and our relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, in doing our research, we just found a whole, like, thesaurus, <laughs> I shouldn't say thesaurus, a whole dictionary <laughs> on, like, open relationships and alternative lifestyles and stuff. And there's so many, like, nuanced definitions of open relationships and the people who are involved in them and it's just way too much before i met him i started looking into polyamory because i just knew like monogamy really wasn't for me the idea of um basically feeling and being owned by a person i just didn't like that and um so when i looked into polyamory it sounded good but when i started like going through coaching with a colleague it just seemed very contrived. Like, why am I still following rules when I'm free to do what I want to do? You know? Um, so, shouts out to those who are polyamorous, but me personally, it's just not my thing. So, polyamory is having um, open, uh, an open relationship where um, the relationships are not so much rooted in sex, but you have loving relationships with other people. Okay. So you could have your main partner, right, your primary partner, and then you have your other partners who are called paramours, and um, there are rules. I mean, with polyamory, everybody knows who the next person is. So okay. everyone within the dynamic knows about each other, right? Right. And everybody has to agree on what, you know, goes on with the next person. And then there's a form of polyamory where everyone could live together, like in a tree, a triad or a quad. So like three or four people living together, but then there's still one primary partner. 
the others are still paramour, so they all just live together and support each other and pool their resources. But then you have polygamy, and this is actually something I found in my research when um, working on the article, is that polygamy is actually the most practiced form of relationship in the world. Wow. But monogamy, you know, in America just how we are we think we rules of everything it's like <laughs> we assume that the whole world is monogamous and it's not true um and in polygamy it's one it's a husband with multiple wives or a wife with multiple husbands primarily you see a husband with multiple wives yeah and um you know, and being polygamous in that way, of course, you need to have the financial backing to be able to take care of so many wives and children, you know, all so, of that. I, so I know in America, kind of relationships are kind of not based on economics, but kind of it's kind of backed by economics. Do you find that also around the world that, that economics have a great deal to do with, with um, relationship standards or relationship practices? So when we talk about relationships, I'm assuming we're speaking about romantic relationships. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, romantic, like like, the, you know, husband, wife, or husband and multiple wives. Do is it strictly based on economics or? It's really cultural. I mean, if you go and you look at like, you look at Egyptian culture, you look at like Middle Eastern culture, you look at Asian culture, like having multiple wives. If you go back to like BC that that's something that was a norm especially if you were a king you know or um, a sheik or something like that and they still okay. practice that to this day um, of course if you are a poorer man you're not going to be able to have multiple wives because you can't afford them True. you know but culturally it's accepted and Sometimes it's, you know, because they they want to keep their bloodline strong as well. So there's all kinds of reasons why people practice polygamy, but it's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, it creates community and it creates a strong bond between the wives and the children. And it's just, it's interesting to me how in the States it's viewed as if it's some crazy alternative lifestyle that um i don't know it's just like a bunch of freaks getting together <laughs> to live together like that's not even that's not yeah. even what it is and you know people often i guess kind of get it twisted with another form of open relationship which is swinging yeah you know when you are a swinger that's just strictly sex driven yeah. you know you and your partner you go to a party, an event, or whatever, and you interact with a single woman or a single man, if that's what you're into or yeah. whatever. And, um, or you swap with another couple, you know, but And you might not swinging, even really know these people, right? You might not. Exactly. You don't know them. You just meet them, and you guys vibe, and you get it in, and then you go home. Yeah. Sometimes you become friends with the people that you swing with, but swinging is not polygamy you know yeah. <laughs> swinging is not polyamory <laughs> so swinging is just sex do you think is religious like why do you think the states why do you, they 
practice and preach monogamy so much. It's kind of like it's it's preached so much that it's kind of ingrained in people. They can't even think outside of that. Why why do you think that? It's a conditioning that came from, you know, the people who came over here. I mean, remember, like, this country was founded on Quakers, or by Quakers, I think. Was it Quakers? I believe so, yeah. Quake, the pilgrims were Quakers, I believe, or Amish, but they had these very strict religious beliefs. Mm. And they, you know, came over and they, they brought those, those attitudes with them. Um and I just think that it's something that's just been ingrained in American society. And, I mean, it's, you know, on the law books and stuff like that, you can't have – and there are many states where you can't have multiple partners as far as, like, marriage is concerned. Yeah. But if you're not married, this is the thing, though. If you're not legally married on paper, if you're not bound in marriage by law, you can have as many partners as you want. True. But when you talk about the legal form of marriage, then it's like, oh, it can only be one. <laughs> and this is the thing, too. People don't even realize, like, you're already in multiple relationships. You know, a relationship is not just romantic. That's one form of relationship. You know, and That's then an love. interesting perspective. I, it's... Yeah. And love is extended in all of your relationships. Like, when people be like, Oh, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. That's the stupidest thing anybody can ever say <laughs> because there is no such thing as not being in love with somebody. It's like love just is. So if you love yeah. someone, you love them. True. But people try to make these differentiations. And then with relationships, it's like um, it's interesting when you hear women say things like, oh, you can't, you can't like – love any other woman but me or you can't show any other woman affection but me but it's like okay what about my mother or my grandmother or my aunt or my little sister or my cousins what about them but there are women who get jealous about those relationships also exactly (laughs) but and it's like you know how ridiculous do you sound you know to say that a man can extend love to the women in his life that sounds very selfish and very special true and it that sounds like a relationship that won't last. But, you know, people only tend to focus on romantic relationships, meaning ones where they're having sex in. Mm. And this is why I said in the article that I wrote for CassiusLife.com, like, it wasn't even when my husband and I say we practice free love, we just practice love. And we extend love to everybody in our lives. And us being married has not changed how we love the people in our lives. Mm. whether they are romantic partners or are a part of our soul tribe, our parents, cousins, family members, friends, whoever. Yeah. You know, love just is, and we just extend that to everybody. And it's nice to be with somebody who isn't tripping about me spending time with other men that I love, whether they're romantic partners currently or formerly, uh, formerly or whatever like you know that that's something i wanted my whole life and then to meet somebody who is totally like you're free you can do whatever you want to do including be with me or not be with me i'm like see that makes me want to be with you even more true it's just very very difficult because it's kind of like both parties have to have basically no ego you just gotta really really love them 
and have no ego about it. But you know what, though? Having no ego is impossible because the ego is a part of who we are as humans. We are a spiritual being. you're going to be jealous then if, if no, you do have an ego. No, you're not going to be jealous. This is the thing. This is what the ego is. The ego is a thought system that is basically downloaded into these bodies. Mm -hmm. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are God beings. We are extensions of God, but we chose to have this experience. And so we chose to have an ego. And um, so your ego is never going anywhere. And ego is fear. Fear yeah. is always going to be there. And God is love. And love is the only thing. So love is always going to be there too. Now, the way that you deal with the ego is through uh, grace or the Holy Spirit and not just the Holy Spirit, but also being an observer of your mind and realizing when it's your ego talking and not you, because you are a loving light being. You're not your ego. Mm. And jealousy is an extension of fear or the ego. Yeah. So when you're when and this is the thing, people will say, oh, I am jealous. No, you're not. You are not <laughs> jealous. You could never be jealous you as a loving jealous, light being. But you're not who you are. Exactly. You're yeah. feeling jealousy or you're having an experience with jealousy. And what's interesting is that the feeling that you're experiencing is never truly about what you think it is. It's pointing to something else. And typically when people are feeling jealous, it's because somewhere deep inside they have a separation anxiety and they feel that in some way they're not good enough for the person that they're with and mm -hmm. they're going to be abandoned. And right. it all goes back to feeling separation anxiety from God or love. That's so right. That's very Because it, it kind of explains everything that I listen to other podcasters and other um, educators and um he kind of explains, you know, when when uh, a man cheats on a woman or that, that relationship, a woman instantly thinks she's upset, but she also usually thinks that, why wasn't I woman enough for this man? And he kind of said the same thing. It's just very, very interesting how we could think, instead of, you know, feeling betrayed, we instantly just think that, uh, that he wasn't good enough for that person. But you know what, too? This is another way to think of this, right? People get so upset over infidelity, basically over what their partner is doing with their body and someone else. Yeah. But the thing is, love can never be threatened by anything. Not what you say to anyone else, not how you feel about anyone else. Because tell me, because you love your mom, does that mean you have any less love for, like, your best friend? Yeah. No. It's not. It's that's a question. That's a question for you. You <laughs> no, love your mom. There's no, there's no less you love. Have, no. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and love just is. Love is love. No matter if you have it for your mother, your sister, your girlfriend, whatever. Yeah. So just because a person goes out and decides and and they make a conscious decision to go and have sex with somebody else, which technically they have the autonomous right to do that. Every single last person on the face of this earth has the right to do what they want with their body, however they want, when they want. The reason why people feel, quote unquote, betrayed in relationships is because there is this assumption like once you get with a person, you have some type of control over their body and what they do with their body. Mm. 
And so when that person decides to go and meet their physical needs for pleasure, you know, but you get upset. Thing. That's the thing because people, I guess if, if you have your physical needs met by somebody else, that means that I must not meet your physical needs, so you, you need to get it elsewhere. And so what does you, so so what does a person, because see, really, it's the story you're telling yourself. Yeah, and yeah. if you know that you are not physically, appear, if you're not physically joining with your partner and you guys aren't having a satisfying sexual experience together and you don't even want that or you don't even try to make that work, then why are you so upset that mm. this person has decided to go and do what they want to do with their body with someone else? Because, see, the interesting thing is that men and women will go and cheat but then still come home, lay down next to their partner, kiss them, and be all lovey-dovey. The love yeah. isn't lost, but they've just gone out and done what they wanted to do with their bodies. True. So. True. If people would choose to see things differently, they wouldn't be so upset all the time. Like there there is no there is nothing that my husband can do with his body that would ever cause me to love him any less. And there is nothing that I could do with any other person with my body that would cause him to see me any differently than how he sees me now, which is a loving light being that sees him as the same. But again, before, people. Before you was on this journey, was you always? Did you always have that mindset, or have you yeah. evolved to that? That's the thing. Like, I've always had this mindset that I can't control anybody, mm. and that people are gonna do what they wanna do with their bodies. Period. And who am I to try to stop you from going and talk to somebody else or fuck somebody else or whatever? That's not my place. So I've always had that mindset and I've always been like, just be open. We can talk about anything, you know, because I always had this innate feeling like just monogamy is not for me. It's not my thing. So you always knew that. Yeah. I always knew that even though I was trying to conform to that and like, you know, eventually I was like, you know, I'm just going to chill. I'm not going to be in a, like, committed relationship, like, monogamous. I'm just going to, like, do what I want to do. And I've had relationships, but they all were pretty much just open, no strings attached kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. And eventually I was like, all right, you know, I don't want to be in something that's monogamous. And I also don't want to be in something where... Um, this guy is not taking me serious, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to just be a plaything. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, you still want to build something in life, I guess. Yeah, uh, you want to have companionship, like a true partner, not just somebody to fuck when you got free time. True, true. And I got tired. I had a lot of those, and I got tired of it. And I was true. like, it's time to chill. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, could, I guess you you found an amazing man because it, cause it's like you said it's easy for those guys you know to it was fun to play around but when it was actually time to like really get down and serious and, and you know we're gonna have a long term relationship and I'm still gonna be free that's that's some 
I guess for my crazy American mind, it's just it's uh, it's hard to wrap around. Yeah, and you know, it's um, the average person, not just men, yeah. women, women too. The average person just has this mindset ingrained, and it's really just programming that you own the person that you're with. Mm. And um, you're entitled to their body, you're entitled to their time, you're entitled to whatever they have. And that's not true because you don't, like, no one owes you anything. And um, I mean, I've been ghosted so many times in my life by men who just could not handle everything else that comes with me. Like, okay, you may be kicking in with me because I'm beautiful and you like my company and you love the sex. But then when it comes to me talking about dreams and then when it comes to me, like, having a hustle to get to where I need to go, now all of a sudden you upset because I don't have the time to hang with you. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just so, so many things that people don't see that I don't put on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And it's those things that takes a very um, aware and conscious man to handle and being with me. So and I get, like, messages all the time from guys like, hey, I would just love to, I would love if I could marry you. <laughs> oh, I just love I could just be with you for one night. Oh, just I just yeah. wish I could just be with you. I'm like, man, if you don't get the fuck out of here, you don't know the half of what it requires to be. The the funniest message I got was from this dude that was like on Snapchat. He was like, "Oh, you're so beautiful. I just want to spoil you. I want to give you 99 percent luxury." I was like, "What's 99?" <laughs> 99? <laughs> Why not 100? And he's like, he was like, well, if I give you 99%, you know, he said, if I give you 100%, then you, then what would be the point of you coming back to see me a second time? I was like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. And that's like an inside <laughs> joke now with me and my husband. He, he, he wrote me a, a note the other day. He was like, 99% luxury. <laughs> I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hilarious, yeah. and, you know. People but fantasize about me though, all the do time. You, do you understand, yeah. like those the way those guys? You said they ghosted you. Do you understand kind of why they did? Because yep, you said, because they couldn't handle it, and yeah. I, I I get it. You know, it's like after the fun is over, and then they're settling into everything else that comes with me. They just and I've literally had guys tell me I'm I'm not good enough for you or or you're too good for me. Go find somebody else. I'm like, yeah. so I'm too good for you to love you and to be loved by you, but I'm <laughs> good enough to be fucked by you though. Yeah. Which like I'm like, oh but damn. They really okay. just want to say I can't handle this no more. But they, I guess their ego, their, <laughs> their egos telling them they can't say that either. <laughs> yeah, it's just I'm but I'm grateful for those men to be honest, and I'm grateful to have walked away from a lot of situations where I knew that I was not receiving what I deserved. Yeah. And a lot of women and men, especially men, need to learn how to do that. And I know it's not easy because. To walk away from something where you know you're not getting what you deserve is to admit that you stayed in it longer than what you should have. Yeah. And it's not, that's not something um, comfortable to sit with. 
knowing that all the bullshit that you went through, you did it to yourself. True. <laughs> and a lot of times it's hard to, even if if that's the only issue, like dissatisfaction, like I'm not fully spiritually uh, or, or mentally fulfilled, that's harder to walk away than, like let's say if someone wasn't faithful, then it's easy to walk away from that. But if it's just something, like if it's just a feeling, that you're not fully fulfilled, it's hard to walk away from that because you kind of got to figure out a way to justify that. Well, because your fulfillment and your satisfaction and your pleasure in life is your own responsibility. Your happiness is your own responsibility and no one else's. And it's interesting how people can say it's so easy to walk away from being cheated on, but people don't even realize, like, when you are in a romantic relationship, the stuff that's within you that's not meant to be there, that's supposed, that's coming up to be healed, it's coming up faster. Mm. Romantic relationships are the most healing relationships, and this is why they are the most, like, drama-filled. Because when your shit comes up because it's being reflected by your partner, Uh. the person that you choose to be with is a direct reflection of you. And they are reflecting back to you those things that you need to, to basically rectify you have karmic debt with this person and people who don't want to deal with their shit they deflect and they argue and then they break up you know and then they just get into the same type of relationship with a different person but it's like really the same lesson that needs to be learned over and over and over again and it's like the more you continue to run away from that you know you're just going to be going through the same pattern. So if you keep attracting cheaters, it's because maybe there is something within you, like maybe jealousy or insecurity or whatever, that you, that you really over. need to face. Yeah, yeah. you got to face that and stop just running away. Oh, they cheated. They're, they're a no good person. Actually, that person is a kind, sweethearted person, and they just chose to do what they wanted with their body. But you're going to mm. let this one instance of them using and flexing their autonomy to completely shade who they are. Wow. And this is something that um, my my partner said the other day. He was like, if, if the only thing you can think about when you think about somebody from the past is all the ugly parts, you got to remember that you were once with them, which means that you were ugly too in True. that same way. Uh-huh. Yes, so it's rough. You, it's deep. It's deep, but it's rough. <laughs> yes, it it gets really deep, and people mm. don't want to go that deep. It's so interesting yeah. because, like, I'm pretty sure you see this online all the time. Like, people will have a whole list of stuff that they say they want their partner to be. Oh, understanding, and you know, I want them to be an intellectual and all that. <laughs> and then they get somebody that is that, and that's not gonna take their shit, and then they don't know how to handle it. True. It's because they don't want to face themselves. True. That's really what it is. So. Or they, they attract someone who's the total opposite because they're not what they're even looking for. You want someone intellectual and you're not even intellectual. You, know? you, you Like attracts like. Yeah. So, you know, you can't expect to attract an intellectual if you don't have some type of intellectual pursuits yourself. Yeah. Like I was, I gave some advice to, um, who um, was saying how she's going through like a a purging moment and she feels like 
you know, her phone has been dry and all this stuff. And she was talking about the types of guys that she wants to attract. And I was like, well, if that's the case, then you need to start embodying that yourself. Yeah, true. You know, if you want somebody that's intellectual, start like building on your intellect, going to art museums, going to um, gallery openings, um, going to the library or book readings or signings or whatever, like true. just just becoming more cultured, doing things that that will enrich your mind, traveling more. And then when you do those things, you will come across men or women, if you know you are, um, if you're into that, that had like shared the same interests. And so you got to get out here. It's so interesting how many people want to be matched up just by sitting at home on the yeah. internet. And it's like, Yo, it's not gonna happen like that all the time. <laughs> it's hard to meet an intellectual at the club. It's not I'm not saying it's impossible, oh. but it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. you may, but shoot, the club <laughs> is a trap. Like yeah. all the club is is a place for people. It's like a microcosm. Yeah. You go in there and they create this specialness, right? Because I used to work at nightlife doing bottle service and stuff, okay. so I could speak on this. But it's like. You know, you go in and you got these VIP sections roped off. They're charging three times the cost of what it would, you know, what you would pay for a bottle at the liquor store yeah. just so that you can have it served to you by beautiful girls, some sparklers, and, you know, have a place to sit down and be up and away from everyone else. Yep. Meanwhile, everyone is really just there to show off and stunt for the next person. The guys are there trying to pick up chicks. So, you know, getting them drunk is the goal or yeah. drugging them, which is the truth. I don't know um, drugging them. Yeah, people be on that popping Molly shit or right. put, you know, shit in a drink. Like, they say it in the songs all the time, and it just happens, you yeah. know. Yeah. Let's not pretend like date rape still does not exist. Yeah, this shit yeah. goes on yeah, all the yeah. time. Rick Ross said, put Molly all in her champagne. She didn't even know it. Like, yeah, that was, that was a crazy line. Lost. But see, he said it because it's happening. You it's know? True. It's true. And and then, so you got the chicks in the club looking for a come up. You know, they're looking for the, the D-boy or the dude with the money so they can, you know, cash out on this guy. Like, it's such a crazy atmosphere but the energy in there, it's hard to find the light. Yeah. If you are a person that's a light being, a love, I mean, we all are loving light beings, but if you are a person that's not so clouded by the, the ways of this world and the conditioning of this world and you're trying to find somebody else of light, you're not really going to find them in the club. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> like, not at all. I met my husband on a flight. Really? I was... Yeah. Yeah, I was I was flying back from New York. I came to New York to see Big Sean in concert. And I was flying home to Chicago because I had a meeting to go to. And I met him on my flight. He was on his way to Indiana to work on his book. So we both were on purpose. Yeah. We both were going about our life purpose. Yeah. And we ran into each other on yeah. that flight and have been inseparable ever since. Yeah. And... The, the thing two, is, two go-getters uh, meeting up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I love? I love that I'm with somebody that if I say, 
you know what? I'm going to Atlanta today. He's looking into flights right along with me, like, all right, we going. Or we will jump in the car and drive there. Uh, it's dope to be with somebody who's just as spontaneous as me, who has no issue with traveling. I remember two months after I met him, I was going down to Jamaica to um, review a resort. And I asked him, I was like, would you like to join me in Jamaica? Because they said I can bring somebody. He booked his ticket and was right down there with me. And I'm uh, like, see, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. People that don't play games, I don't got the time. (laughs) True. No debates, not a lot of debates and all that. (laughs) Exactly. It was no it was no discussion. It was just, all right, send me your itinerary and um, you know, the we'll make it happen. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all the information. Thank you so much. Uh let people know how they can reach out to you and, and things of that nature well you can reach out to me on social media i'm on twitter these days more so than anything at glamazon tayomi and you can catch me on snapchat i really don't know how much longer snapchat has because like they've been getting hit lately but anyway follow me there (laughs) (laughs) at glamazon tayomi and check out my youtube channel youtube.com slash glam erotica 101 and my blog site, Glamorotica101.com, for more sex tips and information. If you Google me, you literally can find everything, all of my articles and photos and stuff and features. I mean, I'm all over the place. And I have a new Instagram. It's at Real Glamazon Tayomi. Okay. So check me out there. I don't have any pictures up there yet. It's not a catfish. It's me. I'm just waiting to, like, <laughs> you know drop heat on instagram when i okay. come back from my return you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i have an app coming out this summer so that's where i'll be living primarily once it's launched oh, wow. sounds exciting so, yeah. uh, it is i'm excited because i'm tired of getting harassed online by social yeah. media like by like the actual platform like blocking my shit and censoring me so this will be my own platform i don't have to worry about being censored so it's gonna be lit okay Sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you so much again. There you have it. That's my interview with Miss Glamazon Tayomi. Man, I hope you guys got some information. Of course, this was a little longer than our usual conversations, but I got so into it, I didn't want to cut it off. Very, very cool. Very informative. It's just a different perspective. That's why we got the podcast, I Hate Average Podcast. You want to talk about different stuff. Everybody talks about uh, a lot of the same things. I want to talk about something a little bit different, um, push conversations a little bit further, and I'm glad you guys are along with the ride. Of course, purchase your tickets. Like I said earlier in the podcast, purchase your tickets for our first event. I Hate Average Podcast. Look it up on Eventbrite. Look it up on Facebook. Um, It's going to be on our Instagram page. We're going to be pushing it. Please go get your tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, the tickets are cheap. I believe it's $5. So just get there. Uh, it's $5 as for the uh, Cinco de Mayo event. So five, five, five. Just go check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right? As always, you can follow us on all social media. I Hate Average Podcast on Instagram. I hate average J-A-Y on Twitter and Snapchat. And please, like I said, go get those tickets. Uh, 
check out the website also averagej.com gonna be putting up some cool stuff on there over the next couple of weeks so check that out average averagej.com averagej.com all right talk to you guys next week get those tickets <laughs>